morning. It is 10 o'clock in the morning. And when we have a Tuesday morning at 10, you know it's time to track the tropics. From very chilly central Florida, I'm West 2 meteorologist Eric Burris. Yeah, pretty cool. In Savannah, Georgia, too, on WJCL 22, Chief Meteorologist Jeremy Nelson. All right, so Jeremy, there are no named storms in the basin right now. That doesn't mean that we're completely quiet, but uh, it just means that there's no cones or tracks or anything like that to show. Yeah, and uh, we can almost uh, kind of tell both of us were hinting at a change in the air, at least uh, over the lower 48 right now with this uh, cooler kind of truer autumn weather finally yeah. descending but as you mentioned there's some stuff going on in the atlantic basin that little cloud mass out there we've been watching that for a while and that is invest 94l yeah that's right so currently it's the only game in town and it's not all that well organized that's a look at the very latest laps from the national hurricane center um, the development chances on this are going to continue to climb currently a 60% likelihood of forming over the next two days time and a high 80% likelihood of forming over the next seven days time. Computer models on this, Jeremy, though thankfully keep it well away from the United States, which is, you know, at least for its location, an, another sign that we have entered into the latter part of hurricane season. Yeah, with that uh, sort of the recurve to the north, this would probably stay east of Bermuda, looking at the models, might yeah. brush by with some rain on uh, northern areas like the Leeward Islands, but I don't think this will be a huge nuisance or uh, troublemaker to anyone right now. Yeah, and that's, honestly, that's like all that we are really looking at in terms of the um, tropical development signatures over the next couple of days. Um, in the event that this does get named, though, in interesting little point, the next name on the list is the T-name storm, Tammy, and uh, there are only, as of right now, three more names on the list. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been an active season, so we're at 19 right now, so it's kind of the name storms plus the one in January. So if we do get Tammy, that would be 20. And then we just have two names left. And certainly as, as we look farther out into the model data, there's been some signs uh, that a model here or there wants to get maybe Southern Gulf or something in the Caribbean going, but I would say confidence maybe a little bit lower in that. Yeah, so with that said then, we just kind of watch and understand that during these latter months of hurricane season, the patterns do change. So uh, where Invest 94 is out in the central Atlantic, the reality is is that those storms do like to try and stay out to sea and recurve. During the month of October, we really watch the Caribbean and the Gulf of Mexico uh, much closer. And then during November, it's usually the Caribbean kind of staying away from the Southeast United States. So at least for now, these trends look very, very good in terms of overall impacts to your area and my area. But that doesn't mean that we are completely out of uh, harm's way completely. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're going to continue to watch it. Remember last year in November, we had a hurricane hit Florida. Right. So we're not going to say no uh, hurricane season's over, but as both of us started off with here, our temperatures are pretty cool right now. And the near shore water temperatures by Savannah, just off our coast are now at 70 degrees. A lot of locations are starting to drop to the upper sixties. I know the Gulf Caribbean, it's still warm down there. But that's why the uh, favorite area for development starts shifting a lot farther south. Oh yeah, 100%. And being that 
we continue to get these cold fronts. That should continue to be the case. Our water temperatures here in Florida uh, are in the upper 70s, and that's why climatologically you start to watch more the Gulf of Mexico and the Caribbean. But there's definitely cold fronts on the tropical satellite. That's clearing us out. And, you know, one thing we watch is when a cold front wants to die out over water and then just sit and bubble and bubble and bubble, but there's been so much dry air and these lows have been moving fast enough that we haven't had any of that moisture just kind of sit and bubble and bubble yet. Yeah, and when you talk about the lows, obviously this is something we uh, really were stressing last week. Uh, method we use for long-range forecasting, we're starting to get into this new weather pattern. So we're really watching where these lows track, where they're sort of their strongest. And over the last week, hey, uh, anyone in Florida knows this all too well. You had some severe weather down there, yeah. and it was tied to this low and the, really the storm system that went through the Gulf of Mexico. So I think this one is probably the first one where we really uh, kind of check the box and say, okay, yeah. we're going to have to watch this one closely in the next cycle. And maybe this ends up being uh, one of those systems that helps us identify a hot spot. Right. So just by looking at that trajectory, the tent that started in the Bay of Campeche kind of worked toward the northern Gulf Coast, made a hard right turn and came around uh, the Florida Panhandle crossing North Florida and then really bombed out off the east coast of the United States, off the east coast of like uh, Delaware and the Delmarva Peninsula there. Uh, but what's interesting, Jeremy, as you had mentioned, this there, there's several elements I think to talk about here. The first thing is it, it is it is definitely that first storm system to watch. And for me, frustratingly, it's like, oh, good, you literally scraped the entire northern Gulf Coast and then finally decided to come into Florida. So that's the first thing, like, way to make it more difficult for us. That's number one, right? Uh, but number yeah. two, being that we're entering into an El Nino winter and spring, my area saw an EF2 tornado touchdown, and just outside of my area saw an EF2 tornado touchdown. So come winter and spring, as this particular part of the pattern recycles, I would think that there's going to be that heightened concern for severe weather each and every time. Yeah, and uh, also it starts to get us to think uh, so far this month, we've had a lot of below average temperatures. So are we going to have kind of lean towards maybe a colder winter right. across the southeast? Yeah. And then um, you start saying colder than average, and then you pair up some of these storm systems. And could we get one of those rare maybe winter type events across our area. The last time we've seen any snow, I know you don't see snow down where you're right, at, even right. in, in your coldest, but uh, I would say we average a snowflake here in Savannah every five years. And the last time we had real snow here was in 2018. So it's been uh, going on five plus years now. Yeah, interesting. I, I This is why I love this, to, to learn the climatology of, of, of other areas, too. Yeah, I mean, we'll get, like, a snowflake or so every now and then. And there's some there's some people that always will see, like, misty rain in a light, uh, you know, a street light yes. and claim that it's – and I'm just like, y'all know that's the, 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 it's 55 degrees outside. Like, it isn't snowing. Right. But, but uh, you know, it, being that it's an El Nino pattern, okay – we're watching the jet stream push further south. That goes into this winter meteorology element. But that would also lend to really focus and change things up in terms of, I would think, sheer numbers of storm systems come, you know, hurricane season next year, or at least you'd think, right? Yeah, and um, I think what we'll do is we're tracking those lows. 
And uh, I think what we could do is once we get into maybe early November and if we get a week where we don't have really anything in the Atlantic Basin, um, you or I, we can kind of look back at previous El Ninos and then um, fast forward, we'll pick out some uh, maybe analog years and look at that and then we'll continue to track our lows. So we can kind of start to put the pieces together for everyone, just show them kind of we're pulling the curtain back here on our long range forecasts. Yeah, and, and I—that's one of the things I'm really excited about doing this year is is pulling back the curtain and kind of sharing it. And so, um, you know, for me personally, I'm I'm excited about that. But let's do this. Let's take a look just so that we've got our bases covered, right? Let's take a look at some of the uh, computer models and just see what's ahead, shall we? Yeah. All right, so this is the GFS, and what we're looking at, and I'll widen this out just so that we've got the full Atlantic Basin. This is looking at mean sea level pressure anomalies, okay? Uh, and Jeremy, while I'm doing this, you want to look at the at the CFS to just look even longer range. That's, yeah, that's yeah. never a bad idea. Um, all right, so here we are, and uh, there's what could end up being Tammy on the very bottom center of the computer model screen there. That's Wednesday afternoon. Here's Thursday, Friday, showing like a 984 low, so showing it trying to develop. Now, this is the operational version of the model, of course. Uh, Notice also, Friday into Saturday, there's a storm system developing over the Smokies and really bombing out well north of my area and north of your area, Jeremy. So at least in terms of things right now, it looks like we'll both have the opportunity to see perhaps some cooler, drier reinforcement of air, but it doesn't look like we're going to get into any kind of big, severe weather threats for either of our areas. Yeah, and uh, as you mentioned here, looking even longer range, I think we had identified something uh, using one of our other kind of teleconnection methods, the Bering Sea Rule. We were watching somewhere maybe around Halloween into the first day or so of November that there could be maybe some sort of storm system nation's midsection, uh, mid-south, and maybe that does uh, sort of track across the southeast or impact Florida. And the CFS model... Uh, does have a pretty strong system maybe in those first few days of November. So we'll see if that plays out. Again, that's 300 plus hours out. So we're looking at um, still a good 10 plus days. So we'll monitor that. I would say by next Tuesday, we'll have a better grasp on that. But that could be something, again, that drags a strong cold front down. And it would probably clear, obviously, uh, maybe most of the Gulf of Mexico. But Mm -hmm. then does that maybe get down into like the Caribbean and we see... Um, a low try to generate near there. Right, right. Uh, GFS at the moment doesn't show it, but, uh, you know, it'll definitely be interesting to watch run by run. All right, so here's the European model, and there is what could become Tammy approaching. And what's interesting is the European model brings Invest 94 into the uh, leeward windward islands there as a weak low the gfs wants to develop it into tammy the european really doesn't seem to want to do that it keeps it pretty weak uh and then beyond that it doesn't really do much more high pressure builds in yeah just some unorganized nothing you know nothing the european is is i gotta be honest it's pretty lackadaisical no big storms or anything like that trying to show up um and then toward the end of yeah the european is not really going all that uh wonky on anything so i wouldn't mind that at all just just kind of keep this relatively quieter pattern going no problems there yeah i think the um and just to give you a little firmer date here for that cfs model and again this is so far out but it kind of lines up with that bigger storm that we were talking about maybe halloween early november um it has a very strong cold front heading down to florida um maybe around november 3rd 4th 
Okay. All right. Interesting. So we and, can and it potentially on um, this one at least show snow on the Great Lakes Upper Midwest, which would be one of the first snows up there. That's not crazy early for them, but right. it's definitely a, a bit early. But it does drag down some pretty chilly air. Yeah. Hey. Nothing. I mean. It, it is the season, right? So let's look at the BSR and just kind of see where we're at. So um, we're just going to roll through time here and uh, and look for storm systems. There's a, you know, a, a little something, nothing, you know, nothing very big or powerful indicated there. Um, right. But right here, that's a storm system kind of working right across the I-10 corridor. Let's see, valid. Uh, so that would be, uh, let me just look at this. Uh, da, 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 give me two seconds. One, two, one, two. So that's like the 26th. Um, of, of October okay. something. So that'd be more like the second week of November. But if... look at that one there. I mean, that's, that's, that's a big, nasty, you know, big old cold low for, right. for many areas. And that would be, that's like the 29th, 28th, okay. 29th. So yeah, that's we'll the, see. yeah. And, and we certainly, um, when we look at this, typically those bigger, stronger storms are, going to be farther close uh, like farther up towards the Aleutians or or somewhere in the Bering Sea um we're south of those Aleutian islands on this map here and remember we're trying to um use the North Pacific we right. found a little connection with it uh maybe about 14 19 days later in um a specific part of the US so um, that's kind of what we're doing. We're fast forwarding. We're using a little different methodology here. Yeah, we always we always love to use the non-standard stuff, and I, I'm all about it. Uh, interesting little thing here. This so this would be like November second, November third. You've got a, a pretty pretty significant low, whether or not it's oceanic or 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 not. Right. I mean that's and we've seen that signature for for some time around you know just after Halloween as well. So, so yeah, so yeah. You, that. That map there actually was from when, though? That was a few days ago, right? Um, yeah, two days ago. Yep. Okay, so around the 15th? Yep. So that's why we've been talking about maybe like Halloween, very early November. Um, and the CFS model definitely drags a very strong front down here. So yeah. that would... Um, I think that's probably the next real time frame that might want to watch and again as you said not necessarily tropical but right. we'll see if something gets latched onto the front that comes through right right and then beyond that you know we can go nerdy and just kind of try and plot the gfs using the the, the bsr uh, mentality just to kind of see if there's anything way out there and um you know maybe a little something he's not you know not nothing nothing crazy at the moment it looks like kind of that late October, early November time frame. And then there's that. That'll be interesting. That's that would be like mid November, Jeremy. And I've seen okay. I've seen for several days, you know, modeling wanting to kind of show another decent hit of of some sort of energy mid November. So whether or not it plays out, we'll have to wait and see. But uh it's it's interesting stuff nonetheless. Yeah, and uh one thing that's pretty consistent on a lot of these models, we don't have like big huge warm-ups for yeah. my area coming yeah. up it's yeah. pretty much average or below average temperatures yeah. and uh that's definitely uh, sort of flipping the script because we had a couple months uh from late spring through summer that ranked uh like top 10 warmest right in my area yeah as a matter of fact the average through just before this cool snap the average temperature including morning and night um 
put us at the warmest year on record in Orlando, and the average high temperature put us at the second warmest on record behind like 1920. So this cool front certainly will change things around, but we've definitely had a bunch of heat here. So these adjustments are very welcome, but at least for Central Florida, this is very normal for an El Nino fall into winter. Right. And uh, like you said, you already had a little uh, kind of that round of severe weather. We'll see if that's common or if that's uh, just uh, a specific part of the cycle or if you're, you're getting multiple rounds of severe weather this winter. Um, those are all things we'll watch and uh, we'll continue to plot the lows and uh, kind of keep you in the loop of what we are thinking leading up to next hurricane season. This one's not done, but this one's yeah. starting to give us some clues for the following season. Right, and we're going to absolutely be sharing it all with you. And and uh, Jeremy, I like what you said too, like doing some updates in the off season just to kind of update everybody on what we're looking at to open up the, the, the transparency for our methodology and our forecasting. Yeah, and I think uh, probably in December, we don't know specifically yet, but uh, that part of the pattern that came through with your severe weather, the yeah. low in the Gulf, uh, that's something that should be due back probably, I would say in December or late November. Yeah, indeed. Um, any questions, anybody, before we wrap this thing up? Uh, Mark, I will take a look at that. I appreciate it. Mickey points out, and I think that this is so funny. Mickey says, Mother Nature always finds a way to even out. Isn't it funny how that works? Yeah, I mean, so you're talking about the warmest weather, and then now we're kind of swinging back um, cooler. So, yeah, you probably, unless we see a huge warm-up November, yeah. December, uh, you'll probably fall back from ending up being the warmest. And when you think about it, weather is, <coughs> excuse me, weather is just Earth's attempt at a balance anyway. High pressure tries to fill low pressure, and so it, it that's that's what weather is in general. So it makes sense it translates into, you know, beginning of the year, end of the year, and all of that fun stuff. Yeah, and it's also a sign that uh, we're definitely seeing things now we didn't really see in the last pattern. Right. So, I mean, you and I study these things, and we're looking at a lot of stuff now that kind of we're like, hmm, that's definitely a new part of the pattern. Yeah, oh yeah, oh, yo, 100% different. It's To me, this is a very dramatically different pattern. I mean, we've always, you know, for me, and I've done this a lot shorter duration than you, I've done it, what, like three, four, five years at this point, but this is the most aggressively different pattern from one to another that I've seen. And I don't know if you would back that up and agree or disagree. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like you get to that October 10th or a little bit past it and the, the switch just flips yeah. and something, something different about it. But yeah, we already have seen uh, kind of a low move in a little different direction there in the Gulf. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had some pretty strong upper Midwest storm systems. They were, very very dry in that parts of that area and they just in the last week had about one to three inches of rain yeah um you've finally started to cool down a little bit now and yeah some changes are here love it love it all right anything else to add my friend no i think that's it for today all right so we'll see you all on tuesday of next week to track the tropics but in the meantime have the long sleeves from chilly central florida i'm west two meteorologist eric burris and from Savannah, Georgia, I'm WJCL22 Chief Meteorologist Jeremy Nelson. See you.